This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. News, views, interviews and discussion, all from a GLBTI point of view. Gay Newsweek on Joy 94.9. Yes, it's Katie, Jeffrey, and Matt with you this evening. Now, uh, there's been a new study from the Pew Research Centre which has found that most bisexuals hide their sexuality or are more private about it than gays and lesbians. To have a chat about this with us, we're joined in the studio by Rebecca Dominguez from the Bi Alliance. Rebecca, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. So, the study found that bisexuals make up 40% of the LGBT community, um, but most identify as either gay or heterosexual out of fear of discrimination. Now, this is a study out of the States. Um, from what you know, is that a familiar story here? It is. Um, in the Private Lives 2 report that came out last year, um, I think, or year before, um, there was, in that report from their studies, there was evidence that bisexuals experience increased pressure to hide their sexuality or gender identity, even at home. Mm. So they're not generally... A lot of bisexual people are actually afraid to be label themselves as bisexual whether it be at work at home in their own private lives because of the stigma that's unfortunately attached to that label but to say something like 40 percent up to 40 percent of the glbti community is bisexual that's a straight a staggering item of of data just in itself and and to really think that there is that much stigma and discrimination even within our own communities that they can't be happy about who they are it's it's a sad thing Oh, it is. And there's a lot of biphobia out there. It's not... Unfortunately, it comes from all sides. So you get mm. biphobia from the straight community, you get mm. biphobia from gay and lesbian people. It's it's really tough to be bisexual sometimes. Can and you outline the experience for us around that? Uh, what sort of discriminations are we talking about and what is the experiences that you have had or that you know of? Well, I, I've been fairly fortunate in my life to not experience very much biphobia, except... A couple of years ago, marching in Pride, people booed us as we walked as a bisexual group. Wow. So that's a Pride, Pride, Pride March is a day. <laughs> that's where right. We're meant to be proud of who we are as yeah. a community. We were booed. We've been told to get off the fence. You're not really, you know, you're all gay, all that. So there's a lot of people who doubt that bisexuality is a valid sexual orientation. Mm. There have been people who have, when they've identified as bi in relationships, lost those relationships because their their partners, whether their partner identified as gay or straight, have just gone, no, I can't date someone who um, is into some, you know, the other the other gender mm. um, or other genders. So there's a there's a lot of and then, and then there's the, the bisexuals carry diseases, they're promiscuous, they're, there's a whole lot of negative tropes and stereotypes about being bi. Mm. And certainly I would have thought a lot of those stereotypes are applied to the uh, gay community, certainly the gay male community, but mm. perhaps to an extent to the lesbian community as well. How do you perceive that they're different uh, with the bisexual community or do you think it's not that they're different, it's just that they're more strongly held or more expressed? Well, we had um, an article published by two of our committee members on, I think it was in the gay press, I think it was Star News a couple of years ago, and a lot of people who were re- who commented on that article were saying bisexuality doesn't exist, you're just here, you know, you're here to break hearts, you're... Um, you're, you're ruining for the rest of us. There's, a, there's an idea that being pro- allegedly being promiscuous um, and therefore allegedly giving diseases to people in the, in the LGBT community. Mm. And, you know, people look after their health. 
generally. 90% of the population does it. 10% who doesn't, that's across the board. It's not mm. something that bisexual people you know, monopolise. Mm. If someone's not going to look after their health, they're not going to look after their health, and that's regardless of their sexual orientation. Is there a difference in the experience of biophobia um, amongst men and women? There is. Um, I've, we've certainly noticed that in our discussion groups in here in Melbourne, that, um, and we've also got them in the peninsula in Geelong. Um, the... A lot of men get, well, if you have sex with men, you're definitely gay. Mm. It doesn't matter. Mm. Even no matter how many female partners you've had, you are gay and that's it. There's also a lot of women who go, well, if that man identifies as bisexual, that's just gross. He's had sex with a man. Ew. Mm. And women sometimes get the, well, you know, hey, you know, I can, I can have a threesome from a male partner. Or they get, well, I'm just completely threatened by the fact that you're attracted to other types of people than me, I, I can't handle that and that's too scary. Now, it sort of almost feels like I'm asking an obvious question here, but given what we're hearing from you here, can you tell us what it does mean to be bisexual? When we talk about this a lot, generally we, we sort of go, being bisexual is being attracted to people like yourself and not like yourself. So we don't, even though bisexual implies a binary gender for a lot of people, we actually look at that because obviously gender is not a binary thing. So we look at people like me and people who are not like me. So it's quite, and it's quite fluid. Some people are very attracted to certain, you know, very attracted to men and occasionally women mm. or vice versa. So there are some people, we talk about the Kinsey scale a lot, yeah. where people fall on it what type of attraction there is. And that's what we base it on. It's not behaviour, it's attraction. Who are you attracted to? You, um, I mean, there's a sort of a common stereotype that runs that you're bisexual until you finally come to terms with the fact that you are really gay or lesbian. Mm. In terms of your groups and your discussion um, discussion groups and the conversations that you have, um, how often do you have people that sort of come and join the discussion that have identified as gay or lesbian and now are identifying as bisexual? Quite a lot. We have wow. quite a lot of people who have had that experience who've been told that bisexuality isn't real or is a phase and so they've gone, okay, then I must be gay or lesbian and then actually gone, no, that's not right, that's not who I am. I am attracted to more than one gender so I will go and be my authentic self. And authenticity is what it's about. Um, coming back to the study itself, it uh, was a bit over a thousand people that were surveyed in the Pew survey. So it's not a huge sample size. And there were a few bits of critique about uh, the method they went about. You know, people don't necessarily out themselves over the phone or when someone knocks on the door. So there are a few questionable things about the reliability of the data. But your still quite satisfied with the idea of the number being at 40% or thereabout, that they're not too far off the mark? I would say that there are a significant portion of people who would report same and opposite sex attraction. Um, how they identify to other people is, is up to them. But whether it be 40%, 30%, I'm not sure what the figures are, but I accept that there's definitely a sizable population of people who would report, report multiple sex attraction. What sort of things do you think need to be done to sort of break down the barriers or to increase the acceptance and celebration, I guess, of the bi community? Mm. Well, 
being on radio shows like this is a great start. <laughs> yep. yeah. um, and it's interesting, since our last Pride March where we were booed at, which was a couple of years ago, we worked mm. with Queer Press, with the Pride organisers, with Joy and several other organisations to actually say this isn't okay. Mm. This sort of stuff has to stop. And that meant that the Pride March two years ago, not a single comment was made that was negative. And in an environment where we've spent a little bit of time on this show talking about Australian rules football and gay comments being yelled from the sidelines and how unacceptable we as a community believe that is, this is us doing exactly that same thing to members of our own community. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's very hurtful. But having people stand up that aren't just bisexual saying, no, that's not cool, stop doing that, we support people identifying as bisexual, makes a huge difference. Mm. And there are always going to be people out there who, for reasons of fear or what other things, are going to be bigoted towards certain groups of people. Unfortunately, that's the way things are, but... Mm. On, on that issue, what, what, what kind of campaigns are already in place that, that, that are addressing the issue of biophobia? Obviously, homophobia is one that gets really pushed out, especially where, as Jeffrey said, we're talking about in the AFL as eliminating homophobia. Biphobia is, is a completely, almost a completely different issue in itself because a lot of that comes from in, inside um, the gay community. What, what kind of campaigns are in place that, that, are, that are addressing it? Well, the Say No to Homophobia campaign, despite the name, actually included um, biphobia and transphobia. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of work um, in the US around biphobia, identifying it. There's been a lot of papers published in the past couple of years. The UK Open University has published a paper on biphobia. Um, the fact that in the Private Lives 2 report that talks about the existence of bisexuality and the difference in, in mental health outcomes means that this um, these things are being talked about more and therefore biphobia is is being becoming a thing. And, and Ida Hobbit now is, you know, not just yeah. Idaho, it's including... <laughs> oh, OK. So, yeah, and certainly out of private lives, if my recollection of that research is correct, uh, the mental health um, statuses of people who identified as bi were actually more perilous than those that That's identified right. yes. clearly as lesbian or gay. So mm. I think that's a part that people need to be aware of. As you've said, Rebecca, um, this is the, the issue. It's, it's, it's about people just don't want to talk about bisexuality. People are, and, and it's very easy to say it doesn't exist if people aren't standing up and saying bisexuality exists and biphobia is not on. So that's what we need to encourage people to do, to stand up and address biphobia in our everyday lives, whether they come from straight people or people within our GLBTI communities. Rebecca from the Bi Alliance, thank you so much for coming in and speaking to Gay Newsweek. Thank you very much. News and current affairs from a bent perspective. This is Gay Newsweek on Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.